solace of the shadows and the dark of the night. Sunshine is my destroyer. Welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez, and thank you for joining Dark Fringe Radio, your number one spot for the conspiratorial, the paranormal, the macabre, the mysterious, everything else in between. Jay, are you there? My co-host, of course. Jay, are you there? Numero uno! There we go. Numero uno. Straight to the top of the charts, my friend. And uh, thanks for joining us here. That's right, baby. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for joining us here at Dark Fringe Radio. And um, listen, Jay, thanks for uh, getting on this podcast with me this week. I mean, uh, this uh, is a special day, of course. It's your birthday. A lot of people don't know that. Happy birthday, my friend. It is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Today is a very big day for me. uh, I was just uh, recanting to Will the tale of my (laughs) 40th birthday. I'm getting too old for this shit. My 40th turn around the sun has been a hell of a day. But I am jacked about our topic. This is actually a topic I'm super passionate about. Uh, uh, And I don't think Will knew that before we we talked about doing this this topic. But it's uh, it's a perfect time. Super Bowl just ended. It's my birthday. My Niners were in the Super Bowl. That's right. God rest your souls. I know. But listen, they made it to the big dance. That's that's important, right? Perfect time. Listen, they played a good game. It wasn't like when we lost against the Ravens. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. It wasn't like when the refs beat us against the Ravens. My bad. A lot of people think uh, there was a lot of ref involvement with this last one, too. I mean, I mean, there were some bad calls, I think, in this one. Well, that will actually – there is a story that, again, oddly kismetic, if you will. Mm. Kismetic? Kismet, kismetic? It works. Something like that. I had a, I had a conversation – and that uh, that touchdown with the Chiefs was actually uh, a story, part of a story of a conversation I had just this past week. Really? And uh, who was this conversation yeah. that you had with? Uh, this conversation was with Broadway Joe. For those who don't know who Broadway Joe is, first off, shame on you. Right. Open a book. That's right. Google it, baby. Broadway Joe, where Joe Namath was the quarterback of the New York Jets uh, when they won Super Bowl three, most infamously – the guarantee game That's where right. they were supposed to be beaten by the Colts. It was the year before the merger. Or it was uh, it, the NFL and AFL would end up merging the year after. Correct. Excuse me. And uh, everybody was asking Joe Namath, who quite possibly the coolest man to ever walk the planet. I know oh, everybody absolutely. likes to talk about James Dean. Uh, and if I'm honest, my father was, was pretty fucking awesome also. But, dude, this guy's got... Just a chill to him. No, he Anyhow. does. I mean, if you've seen any of him in uh, any of the NFL stuff lately, like you see him like in these fucking mink jackets, just straight pimping on sidelines, all his super. Just well, that was that was that was his whole thing. In fact, there was um there was a uh, series that the NFL Network did called the hundred hundred greatest players of all time. Now this yeah. is yeah. A few years ago, because Tom Brady wasn't considered the greatest of all time, which, side note, he's not. Y'all can give that a rest. <laughs> but number 100 is Joe Namath, and Spike Lee is the one that kind of talks about him. And Spike Lee in there says that he could have been a brother. Yeah. I mean, he was the first guy with the white cleats. He had the mink coat. But it wasn't about his athletic ability. And, yes, he was a really good passer. He was a really good quarterback. And he eventually became the leader that that team needed to overcome the Baltimore Colts. Yeah, yeah. No, but what made Joe Namath stand out, he was always outside the box. He never thought about color. He never thought about race. He never thought about creed. He kind of bridged that gap. He owned bars. At the time, the NFL was, was really cracking down on things like that. Like, they made him shave his beard, so he called his agent and ended up making, like, $100,000 to shave his beard for a commercial. But at the same time, he was ahead of his time, like I was saying, because he didn't, you know, he's he was like a player of now. You know what I'm saying? Well, he was the first quarterback to throw for for four thousand yards. Yes, of course. And and yes, 
Uh, in college, he was definitely mobile. His early years in the NFL, I, I don't know if I would. He wasn't a, he wasn't a pocket quarterback like a Dan Marino, but I, I don't know if I'd say he was athletic either. And then the later his career got, uh, no, not a lot of people know this. He actually had to have his knees drained the Thursday before games so he could actually get out there and play. Yeah, but his yeah, entire his entire career. It's, it's an incredible like uh, you know career that incredible. he had. So. That leads us to the story, story, what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is CTE, and uh, we're going to be dwelling very deep into the the subject of the CTE and how it affects people and uh, how uh, there have been some um, some pretty damning accounts uh, within the last 10, 15 years with people uh, that have been involved in professional sports, whether it be uh, wrestling and football and other uh, professional sports as well. Uh, We're going to be talking all about that tonight. Uh, but I also wanted to mm-hmm. remind everybody about the social media, how to uh, follow all of our stuff. You can look up at Dark Fringe Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and follow all of our uh, stuff there. Make sure you uh, like, share, and, uh, and do all that stuff there on those uh, those fronts. We really appreciate it. And on, of course, um, how to listen to the podcast, you can go directly to our website, uh, which is darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And you can choose from right there, uh, whatever streaming service that uh, you would normally uh, listen to any of your music or other podcasts as well. We're available there, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, Google Play. So we're all on all those major fronts. So make sure when you do uh, do that, uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating and, of course, a, uh, a comment as well. So we've had some pretty good comments lately on Jay on uh, iTunes. So really appreciate that within the last couple of months people have really been stepping up and leaving comments on there so really appreciate that uh that helps us out big yeah big with the advertisers so so yeah that's it how to listen to the podcast how to follow us and uh that's pretty much it and also if you want to send us any kind of correspondence uh, if you want to become a cast on the show uh anything like that question for the mailbag you can send that to us directly at the dark fringe at gmail.com of course again that's the dark fringe at gmail.com. Um, so, Jade, that brings us to our next topic, our segment, I should say, for the, the podcast. And uh, uh, what, do you, what do you say? You Are you ready for the mailbag? Well, I mean, I'm ready for the mailbag, but I don't know if I'm ready for that dude's fucking attitude again, man. I It was the only interaction he and I had, and I, to be honest with you, he was kind of a snob douche. So that's not what we I do honestly don't have time for your shit. Whoa, he's already starting hard, Jay. Whoa. Yeah, he's starting Whoa. hard. Whoa, hey, yeah. you better watch your mouth, motherfucker. <laughs> you bitch. Wow, he called you a bitch on top of that. So, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You kiss your mother with that fucking mouth? <laughs> well, let's see. Ass back. Welcome to Dark Fringe Radio's weekly mailbag with your host, Bradley <laughs> Warrington III. <laughs> he totally just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole bradley you know that you are really oh. an asshole dude you really are you're something else man you know i will be in charge of all of your mailbag questions yeah i'm sure you will be but you you have an attitude on you you know what i mean lately listen listen your first week was last week you came on the podcast me and jay graciously let you onto our podcast this is a podcast that's been on for three years it's not something that's been on since last week this has been a prestigious podcast, been on for a long time. We let you come on here, and um, you know, sometimes you, uh, you 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 take things a little too far. I apologize, gentlemen. Sometimes I can get a bit carried away. Yeah, obviously. I mean, but uh, you know, you gotta show a little more respect to Jay if you don't mind. It's his 40th birthday. You know, um, give him a little bit, uh, give him a little bit of leeway, please. Okay? Can can you do that for me? Can you do that for Jay? Are you assholes ready for the mailbag? <laughs> Jay, what say you? I don't, know what, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, I'm ready. I'm, I guess I'm ready for the mailbag. I'm out of my hands at this point, Will. Yeah, listen, I don't know what else to say. Okay, listen, Bradley, go ahead. Take it away. Go ahead. Our first mailbag question comes from Nathan Harris from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Subject, Kobe Bryant. Hello, Will. I'm Jay. I am sure that you have seen the Kobe Bryant coverage of his untimely death. I wanted to know if either of you have seen the connections being made to him and the Illuminati and the circumstances of his death. 
Kobe has been photographed many a times flashing the Illuminati sign, and his close friend LeBron James flashed the same sign, and a double 666 sign during his posthumous celebration. What do you think? Thanks Nathan from Allentown. Well Jay, uh, we all heard the news uh, this past, what, last week? It was uh, last weekend, it was Kobe Bryant, of course. Uh, Passed away in a very horrific uh, helicopter crash and uh, kind of took everybody by uh, by surprise, of course. Um, you know, people weren't ready for that, uh, as, you know, why would anybody be? But nonetheless, um, you know, uh, a lot of connections are being made between, you know, Kobe Bryant, this Illuminati thing, and then, uh, you know, then LeBron James does this thing at the ceremony, you know, flashing the Illuminati sign and the 666 sign and... I don't know, man. What do you think? You think that's possible? You think that's there's connection between all this stuff? Anything is really possible. I don't know, man. I don't know. I have trouble. It might still be too fresh for me to be looking at that necessarily through the conspiratorial eyes. Yeah. This is one of those things that touches me. Yeah. Uh, deeply. I mean, Kobe Bryant was huge for our childhood. Absolutely. Uh, even though I was never really a big fan of Kobe, I mean, you can't you can't deny the man's greatness. You no, cannot. Means... He's definitely up in the top four or five players of all time. Uh, some people would even argue top two or top one. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't, I don't dissuade people from, from their opinions in that particular arena because basketball in itself is, was never my sport. Uh, you know, I'm a five foot two white boy. <laughs> but the thing about Kobe, the thing about Kobe that I always, was that always impressed me is he made a mistake when he was in his early 20s. Um, the whole sexual allegation um, he was able to turn his life around. He was able to, to accept responsibility and make genuine contributions, not only to his marriage after that, but to all of society. I mean, he, he did so much for mentoring people. He did so much for he sure did. He did. Uh, charities. And, and honestly, the part that gets me the most, the part I had the most trouble with, um, the part that humanizes him to me with this whole thing is I can't even imagine what it was like being on the helicopter. As scared as it would be yeah. no, 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 no. to be there right. on the helicopter, crashing, thinking you're never going to see your family again. But then you put your daughter next to you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a tough one to swallow. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. And you could only imagine uh, the moment of uh, grief and, um, you know, geez, despair he must have had at that moment um, before all that happened. But, uh, yeah, uh, listen, thanks for sending that in, and uh, we really appreciate that question. I mean, again, I think Jay is um, you know, pretty much right when it comes to this. I think it's a little too early to really be talking about that. Um, but, um, you know, listen, there could be connections to anything. Uh, who knows? You know, we, we don't know anything about anything. I, I, really, I really do believe that, especially in the entertainment business. You know, I, I think there's so many connections that, um, you know, most people don't know how deep against so nonetheless was there a connection who knows was there a lot of evidence of um illuminati stuff sure there was uh, you know kobe did flash that illuminati sign a lot uh, lebron james during his thing did do that um there was uh you know there was a cartoon i don't know if you knew about this jade that was uh aired about two years ago um on a channel or something or some show that basically predicted his death you know <laughs> in a helicopter crash uh, so all this stuff is you know things that supposedly are are uh, perpetuated by the illuminati um because they like to of course predict you know things like this and events like this ahead of time so that's usually the supposed uh, you know you know modem operandi for these people so they, that's what they like to do but nonetheless i mean like i said yeah i i Again, it's too early to say anything like that. There has to be a lot more stuff to come yeah, out. Too late, Tom. Yeah, yeah, too, too, to say one way or the other. So, um, the, Brad, the farther the farther we get away, because um, it's really hard when emotions are attached. To, absolutely. To, for anything, for any conspiracy to really have teeth, uh, you have to remove uh, the personal connection to it. So that way you can see all sides clearly without a bias. And That's this is one of the things that Romano's son just still too attached to. Mm hmm. You're right. So, all right, uh, Bradley, uh, let's um, let's go ahead and do, uh, let's do let's do question number two for tonight. Let's see what we got. Our next mailbag question comes from Lorraine Morris from Rochester, New York. Subject saw franchise. 
Lorraine goes on to write, Hello gentlemen how are you? And I wanted to ask Will if you have seen the new trailer for the new Saw franchise reboot that Chris Rock is directing and it stars him and Samuel Jackson? I thought it looked no different than the original and no original content except Samuel Jackson's attempt at humor during such a dark movie kinda looses me. I don't know, but I would like to know what you thought. Thanks, Lorraine from Rochester. So uh, Lorraine is uh, alluding to the, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, Jay, but uh, there is a reboot of the Saw franchise. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the Saw franchise, right? I am familiar with the Saw franchise, and I did hear that there was going to be a, a, um, a reboot coming. Yes. So, um, the... You know, I was never a big fan of the Saw, of the Saw series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, you know, they are okay. Yeah, it's gore horror. Um, it's gore horror. You know what I mean? If you're into the gore horror, that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, the provocative questions to put yourself in those situations is kind of a <laughs> different angle on it. But yeah. how many movies can you really do that with? Yeah. So I think yeah. they, I thought it had its run, but I would have thought Nightmare on Elm Street would have had its run, and they're still pumping out shit, so they're what still, do I know? They're still doing it, man. And, you know, it, it's funny you say that. Yeah. Um, but the difference is, is that Chris Rock is directing this, which is kind of a different take on this, which I'm really interested to see how a comedian is actually going to put a, um, you know, a horse, a different spin on a horror franchise. Uh, you know, we uh, we've seen, uh, of course, already Jordan Peele, uh, comedian, um, you know, put his uh, his spin on horror movies and things of that nature uh, with the last couple of films. That he's yeah, that come out, crazy. which has been great. I mean. Uh, it's crazy to think that Jordan Peele would be this fucking mastermind of horror. But uh, now Chris Rock is actually getting into it, and uh, it's going to star him and, of course, Samuel Jackson, uh, which, of course, throws a whole other dynamic of, um, you know, acting into this. Because, of course, he's going to ha- bring his comedic side into it, of course. You know what I mean? Even without trying, you know, he's well, he has he, he has that he one- has a funny way of being serious. Right. Yeah, he does. And that's the thing about it. The problem will be, like, uh, Django. Yeah, Django, of course. He was fantastic in Django. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Django, yeah. Django was not, uh, like, at no point did I say, oh, that's, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on these motherfucking planes. He does have a way of bringing <laughs> levity where levity normally isn't uh, palatable. I'll, I'll be curious to see if... Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson can really break from those comedic roots. I mean, sometimes things just have a way. Yeah. Um, and maybe, I mean, if you remember some of those Nightmare on Elm Street movies, that was what actually my my uh, tattoo guy and I were having a conversation about this just the other day. Uh-huh. How what separated Frey from all the rest is the fact that he had a personality. Yeah. It's all a joke. So I wonder if there's going to be some kind of maybe derangement to it that allows for some of those kinds of one-liners or puns. Maybe. There, there may be a, a possibility and opening for that because I think, um, unfortunately, like, I, fortunately, I think it's Samuel can't handle it. I mean, can't help it. I think it just comes out of him naturally. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things that it just exhumes from him. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes out. And uh, I do appreciate the question uh, for the mailbag. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, again, uh, thank you um, giving us the uh, the mailbag. So uh, you can do your little conclusion if you'd like uh, for this week. Gentlemen, that concludes this week's mailbag. Thank you for listening to the only segment of the highest form of talent on this entire show. I am again Mr. Bradley Warrington III, and I bid you adieu. Again, he just can't stop with the insults, of course. But thank you, Bradley. Appreciate it. Of course, uh, that brings us to our next segment which is uh, What the F Florida Man. Jay, are you ready for What the F Florida Man? I am ready for What the F Florida Man. Let's do it. Florida Man. A Florida Man. A Florida Man. A Florida Man. Now to the town of Sefner, Florida, near Tampa, where last night the earth opened up as it does increasingly, and this time it swallowed a 37-year-old man as he slept in his home. A man accused of destroying a liquor store in Okaloosa County told police he was in Alice in Wonderland. Matthew Horace Jones also said a caterpillar smoking a hookah told him to do it. A man calls 911 while Collier County Sheriff's deputies are chasing him, and he says... 
Donald Trump, our president, is his personal friend, a close one at that. A Lake Worth man is uh, not too happy. He's accused of getting violent when waiters at a restaurant told him they weren't giving away free pizza. Covering Florida this morning, a Key West man is behind bars. Investigators say he was caught with a large amount of cocaine hidden in this Cookie Monster doll. All the shit, man. All right, there it is. What the F, Florida man. Jay, what do you have this week for What the F? Florida man. A hope style man is accused of enticing an alligator to bite his arm while pouring beer into the reptile's mouth. Do it, damn it! God damn it, do it! <laughs> uh, more like, I bet you won't. Yeah, Look, I got man. this cord right on here, I bet you won't. You're probably right. It did sound more like that than it did what it sounded like I did. You're probably right. Yeah, man, you've got too much, uh, too much color to you. So he was trying to give the alligator beer at the same time enticing mm-hmm. him, trying to bite his arm off. His friend caught the alligator, so he was teasing the alligator by pouring beer into its mouth and, and telling it to bite his arm. Uh, and now the two gentlemen uh, who were found by the FWC while <laughs> this was happening, because one of their neighbors <laughs> called it in, uh, these gentlemen are in jail. Good for them. Good for them. That's where they belong, you know, belonged in. And uh, for fucking around alligators, listen, you're going to get bit. You don't want to fuck with alligators. You're going to get bit, man. You don't want to fuck with alligators. You don't fuck with alligators, man. I'm just telling you right now. You don't fuck with alligators. Those things are you angry. You don't fuck with alligators. No. Although. Go ahead. Although, theoretically, William. Let's hear this. If you had to fuck with one of them, uh-huh. the alligator is the one to fuck with. Well, that's true, it's right? The most docile. Right. It's, they are um, it's a salt generally crocodiles. less the ones aggressive. Uh huh. You know the one you really don't want to fuck with? Saltwater croc. Saltwater crocs are bad. Yeah, but those, I got one better. Well, at least ones. for our area of the world. Yeah. Um, because there's not a lot of saltwater crocs on the The caiman. The caiman. Yeah. Those motherfuckers are bad. Yeah. Caiman is... are little alligators. Yep. Little bastards that are vicious. They are super aggressive. They're like the velociraptors of, of alligators. They really are. Yeah, they really are. They're 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 um, a little bit more intelligent. They are very sneaky. They are very fast. And while they're not as big, I think like the biggest caiman only get up to maybe five or six feet. Five or six feet. Yeah. The, they don't get very big. Yep. Um, they don't get very big, but they they are mean as fuck. <laughs> they are they are yeah f f those caimans man yeah i don't i would don't ever want to ever deal with any of those i would rather deal with a regular size alligator like even if it was eight ten feet i'd rather deal with that than a caiman because at least i could jump on what i'm saying at least i could jump on that big son of a bitch you know what i mean catch him by surprise that little caiman i can't catch him by surprise by the time i'm gonna jump on his back he's gonna mm-hmm. move like three different ways anyway so yeah no f- yeah. fuck those caimans so yeah i totally get it so this guy, uh, well, listen, the, both those guys deserve to be in jail. Uh, don't mess with alligators, especially here in Florida. Um, it's just never a good idea. Either the thing's going to bite the shit out of you or you're going to end up in jail uh, from the you know Federal Wildlife Commission. Uh, they're going to pick your ass right up. So, uh, Jay, thanks for uh, that uh, story for this week for What the F, Florida Man. Really do appreciate it. Which uh, brings us to the main topic for tonight. Uh, which we hope you guys stick around for, which is the CTE subject. And uh, we're going to get into it here. Uh, so please stay around. This is William Lawrence with BentLights.com. You're listening to Dark Fringe Radio. Dr. Maroon, <clears throat> would you like a drink? I said five minutes. He doesn't want a drink. Your conclusions totally misrepresent the facts. To say that Webster and Long and Waters were killed by football is it's just... fallacious your- reasoning. Yes, I know. Where's he going with this? Just hear him out. I would like to propose a formal controlled study of former and and current NFL football players. We will bring together the greatest minds in America to, to solve the problem. We should be working together. Who do you think you're talking to? Excuse me? I was the president of the Congress of Neurological Surgeons. And I was the man who performed the autopsies on Mike Webster, Terry Long, your men, men under your care. 
Do you know what Mike Webster's wife said? She said that if she had known that Mike was sick, she would have done more for him. But he died in disgrace. Your man, your man, you took an oath. Tell the truth. The truth. Tell the truth. The truth is that the NFL is a blessing and a salvation, my friend. We employ hundreds of thousands of people. We send thousands and thousands of poor kids to school. The ownership of this football club has donated millions of dollars to countless charities. Do you want me to go on? That won't be necessary. Oh, it is necessary. Football is the most popular sport in America because it is so goddamn fantastic. <laughs> and that right there, that is the beating heart of this city. And you want to what? End it? You want to fold up the National Football League? Want to solve the problem? Who are you? What did, what did you, what do you ask? You're, you're a pathologist. I'm, you, you perform autopsies. You, yes, I'm a mere pathologist. That's it. That's all I am. Do you have any idea the impact of what you're doing? Yes, I do. Do you understand the impact of what you are doing? If just 10% of the mothers in America decide that football is too dangerous for their sons to play, that is it. It is the end of football. Kids, colleges, and eventually, it's just a matter of time, the professional game. Joe, he does autopsies. He's not in the outcome business. He has no business. You know what history does to people. Trained physicians who ignore science. Oh, wow. Sir, I am not done. History laughs. If you continue to deny my work, the world will deny my work. But men, your men, continue to die their families left in ruins. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. You sure, you sure you wanna do this? I would ask you that same question, Dr. Maroon. And uh, thanks for joining us this week at Dark Fringe Radio. And we're going to be talking about our main subject for tonight. And Jay, uh, this is a pretty poignant subject and uh, on time for uh, this time of year. We just had the Super Bowl that just passed by. Uh, your 49ers uh, were in there. Fortunately, they couldn't win, but uh, it was good to see them in there. And uh, wow. wow. I know, I know. Wow, wow, I know, wow. I, know. I was so rooting for them, too. I was so rooting for them. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about CTE. And it's a pretty serious subject, of course, when we're talking about football. It's uh, it's a polarizing subject because uh, you have a lot of people, of course, in the scientific community, Jay, that, um, you know, have a pretty uh, united stance when it comes to CTE as of late. Uh, not so much at the beginning because at the beginning it was a pretty, uh, a pretty new theory um, and, un, you know, uncharted territory as you would say in the medical field but um once they started learning mm-hmm. a little bit more and more about it um you know as the years have gone by you know they've been just doing studies for cte now for the past 10 15 years which is uh pretty uh, miraculous if you really think about it it's been that long since they've been really testing for this stuff now so um <clears throat> you know what that entails is this you know you have people that have been in uh professional sports whether it's been uh professional football uh wrestling uh, other different types of, uh, you know, uh, physical boxing, sport, MMA, boxing, yes, MMA, yes, judo, yes, yeah. 
where you get, you know, constant head trauma. There's, you know, a constant trauma to the head, uh, which uh, supposedly converts into uh, plaque that's built up into the brain and basically eats away at your brain and your frontal lobe. But we'll get into all that, what, what CTE is in a second. But that's the, that's the main theory of CTE. Uh, it's, it's something that's new to us, Jay. I mean, when we were growing up, um, what, in the fucking 80s and 90s, there was no such thing as CTE. Mm-hmm. There was no talk about CTE. There was not even, I don't think CTE was a, even a word or a, an acronym that was even invented at that time. Uh, of course, concussions. No, you know, no. Con- in fact, concussion, concussions in general weren't dealt with the kind of weight and severity uh, that they are now. Um, you know, but it was the 80s. Right. It was everything was to excess. We've talked about this in the past, especially with the satanic panic. Right. Um, everything was excess. For and God's sakes, you could smoke. Football, a, football you, was no. Well, no, exactly. The whole everything was a little bit dirty. It was like the wild, wild west. I mean, like I was saying, Ronnie Lott cut off the tip of one of his fingers to continue playing in a football game. I mean, that's <laughs> that's extreme. Yeah. You can't get that's, away with that now. You know, those guys. Those guys weren't worried about it. They weren't worried about the long-term ramifications of their actions, and I think that's where that's where the thing about the CTE gets socially interesting. It does. It really does because no, no, it it does. It does get very interesting because, like you said, it gets into the conversation now of okay, we have to start thinking differently because when we were kids in the eighties and nineties, it was okay that if you played pee wee football from like six years old on and up, right? It was no big deal. Um, matter of fact, it was actually, you know, encouraged. Okay with yeah, it was encouraged because they wanted you to have that skill and, and stuff like that. But now, you know, you start seeing reports of, you know, maybe it's not such a great idea that your child, you know, gets that type of trauma at a young age. You know what I mean? And either the brain is still developing. So, you know, these are all these kind of things that, you know, make common sense. I and mean, if you really do think about it. Um, but again, you know, we've evolved since the eighties, like what you said, Jay, we've, we've changed the way we, we think now. Yes. I think what's really changed is there's so much information, uh, overflowing. And that's, that's where the CTE for me gets really interesting is the NFL was looking into it long before anybody else, but they didn't post anything. So now you have lawsuits, you have litigation, you have, people pointing their fingers saying, well, you didn't tell us. And the NFL definitely is, it's a money, it's a money farm. It Uh, sure is. sure is. Bodies are expendable, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. for a sport that it's brutal, but I love it. Right. I'm not even going to lie. No, listen, I I totally get it. I I don't under, you know, I don't disagree with you and I don't see why you wouldn't love the game. But at the same time, things have changed when it comes to, the 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 way we think about this game now <clears throat> um now well the the general the general census mm-hmm. i mean everybody's kind of feelings on it is we're looking at more than just hey go out there shoot yourself up with some some roids and <laughs> snap someone's neck now we're trying to look at it we're in an odd spot where we're trying to take out the gladiatorism yeah the gladiatorialism Something you like know what that. I'm I know what you're talking about. But we're trying. We're trying to make it. We're trying to make contact safe, and it's not. It's not a feasible goal. No. Yeah. I mean, if you change it on some level, now, yes, there should be something about player. There should be more player safety stuff. Yes, there should absolutely uh, be benefits, long-term life distance benefits. For those who play that sport for the enjoyment of all of us, uh, because the normal story is people walk away with broken bodies. Not as much the broken bodies that we're going to talk about tonight, but broken bodies are having trouble finding ways to make ends meet because their body is in so much pain from that sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, not you know just their bodies are 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 being put through the ringer, but their their minds, their brain. 
And, um, you know, that's the main thing about CTE. You know, it's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It's a progressive degenerative disease of the brain found in people with a history of repetitive brain trauma, often in athletes, of course, including symptoma- uh, symptomatic concussions as well as uh, asymptomatic concussions, subconcussions, hits to the head that do not cause symptoms. So basically saying that, you know, things that you get hit with, you know, you maybe see a little couple stars, but you don't get, you know, completely knocked out. That's considered a concussion. You know what I mean? Those are things that over time build up. And uh, we're going to be talking about a couple different athletes that uh, come from different backgrounds that are very much well-centered in the CTE controversy. And um, one of the first ones tonight, Jay, is uh, Chris Benoit. And uh, I, I would like to bring him up because um, he's uh, one that we know very well. Um, you know, you and me growing yeah. up watching professional wrestling know him very well as a very aggressive, um, hard-hitting style, uh, you know, uh, what do they call shoot style almost um, type of wrestling where it looks very, very real. The contact is very snug. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, room for error in between his punches and his kicks. So a lot of the stuff that he does is very yeah. real, you know. And uh, over time, one of his yeah. moves that he did for a very long time was a flying headbutt off the top rope. Um, for, and for those that don't know, so you go up three belt buckles or turnbuckles in the corner, um, and you end up about seven to eight feet up in the air on top of the top turnbuckle. And you're jumping off of that at a pretty good bounce because those things have a pretty good bounce on top. And you're probably ending up maybe anywhere to 10 to 12 feet up in the air. And then you come crashing down first thing on your head. Uh, and you're doing that night after night, night after night, night after night. Um, again, that falls right into the CTE category. Um, you know, so um, for those that don't know, and for those that have been living under a rock uh, for the last 10, 15 years, Chris Benoit, of course, there was a very horrible tragedy that happened uh, where there was a murder-suicide and... Um, he unfortunately, um, you know, uh, ended up uh, killing his wife and his son, and then of course himself after. And uh, it was um, it was a pretty horrific scene. Um, a lot of people remember during that time. Uh, another. People... Go ahead, Jay. Another another moment of tragedy. Yeah, it was very another moment of tragedy. You know, here because we looked up to Chris Benoit. Uh, you know, I was uh, actually I think we were just I was just starting. Uh, wrestling in high school and, you know, me and Will and, and some of our other friends growing up all used to spar all the time and, uh, you know, and was trying to do some of those things and to hear about this, uh, this guy you had so much respect for killing his wife, his, I believe, autistic son. Yes, he was autistic, yes. And, the, and then hanging himself with some of his weights in his gym. I mean, that's uh, tragedy. I I don't well I don't doubt there was a lot of CTE going on in that brain. I don't doubt that there was all kinds of damage in that brain. I wonder how much it was also attached to roids. I wonder yeah. how much steroids had to do with that. This continual prolonged use of steroids also causes all kinds of mental disabilities. It causes kinds of emotional uh, control problems and. You know those guys were using roids back then. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was pretty much you know well documented that he was and uh, where he was getting him from too. I mean, I think he was one of the ones that was um, originally getting his steroids during that Balco scandal. You remember that with Alex Rodriguez and all that shit? Yeah, yeah, so yep. he was a part of yep. all that. Yeah, yeah, boy, what a turnaround that guy's made in his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he went from that to this now. Going right? from going from a guy that, that <laughs> might be banned out of the Hall of Fame like Pete Rose to right. suddenly JLo's sweetheart on the yeah. fucking Super Bowl stage. What it's amazing, the, right? What the hell it's happened? It is amazing. It is amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's well documented that he was on steroids, but maybe it was a perfect storm between the both of them. You know, maybe it was the, the steroids mixed in with the CTE because they did um, evaluate his brain after Jay. And um, they did determine yeah. that his brain was at the, like basically at the, a state of dementia or basically necrosis and broke broken down of like a 90 year old man. And that's, mm. that's crazy to think about that. A guy that was maybe what in his early forties 
was walking around yep. with a brain of like a 90 year old. Like, how did he like put things yep. together? You know what I mean? And again, it goes to show maybe that's part of the reason why, um, you know, he did what he did. I'm sure there was other factors. I'm sure uh, guaranteed. I'm sure steroids had to be another factor into the whole thing as well. Um, but again, the CTE is definitely undeniable now, you know, now that we can test for these things, you know, posthumously, you know, after the you know person's dead, they can take the brain and look at it and examine it and see how far the CTE, you know, has, uh, you know, set in, in the certain brain. You wrote it, the brain. Yeah, yeah. 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 So again, you know, that's, yeah. go ahead, Jay. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, again, it's such a new thing so fresh i don't even think we have a full understanding of what all leads to cte so it's hard to understand how to prevent it if you're not even sure where it comes from that's so true that's so true that you said that and it's amazing that you said that because i, I you know a conversation that i had with a person the other day it was in regards to truck drivers Semi-truck drivers, mm-hmm. like 18-wheeler drivers, you know, those guys that go up and down the interstate that are responsible for delivering the goods of, you know, that we get, you know, in our grocery stores every day my, that we take my, for granted. <clears throat> my cousin, yeah, my cousin does that for a living. There you go. And so, you know, those guys don't get enough credit for what they do. But, again, think about it. A lot of people have been now linking CTE with truck drivers because of the constant bouncing around of the movement of being inside that cab, Jay. So if you really think about it, if you're constantly bouncing around like that, up and down, left and right, constantly bouncing, because that's just part of the nature of the beast when you're one of those 18-wheelers, your brain is basically bouncing around inside of your skull tissue. So it's doing the same thing. Yeah. So now they're starting to find a link between dementia and these people that, you know, who are semi-truck drivers and things of that nature. I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty fascinating that, you know, you know they're starting to, uh, you know, link other things, not just professional sports, but now you're talking about truck drivers now, you know what I mean? And where, where, where else is this going to go? So, again, <clears throat> we're starting just to realize and understand what CTE is and, um, you know, how it could uh, develop in a person. And um, I think also it's one of those things, Jay, it's um, – it's like DNA, you know what I mean? Um, for instance, like, uh, and what I mean by that is this, is that, like, for instance, you get a guy who can smoke cigarettes for 80 years of his life, not get lung cancer, right? And then yep. we had this conversation, right? You get some other dude who mm-hmm. gets secondhand smoke for maybe 20 years out of his life, he ends up with lung cancer. Why is that? And is he pre, you know, genetically disposed to, you know, getting that type of, you know, illness? Maybe so. Uh, so again, uh, maybe CT does have a lot of that, um, combined because I'm sure there's athletes that have had a lot of trauma. It's just like, it's, it's just like anything else. It's, we're trying to apply general rules to specific individuals. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, I have a friend who wears corrective lenses, but I shouldn't have to wear glasses because he's got shitty genetics. Uh, I'm also five feet, two inches tall. There's not a reason why everybody should be made to feel like they have to fit into my world because <laughs> I got shitty genetics on that end. It, it's, but then when you talk about CTE, you talk about people like Junior Seau, you talk about people like uh, Aaron Hernandez, you talk about guys yeah, like Chris Benoit. Um, you know, there's, so, there's a lot of football players now where the light is coming to the saying, or Jim McMahon, that's another one. And they're all coming to the forefront about their concussions and what football did to them. You have guys like Nick Bonacati, whose actual, one of his, some of his last words were, football gave me everything I have, and football took everything away. Yes, it did. And he just recently, he just recently passed. That was one of our what to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have all these players that Jay, who, have suffered, let me, let me start, suffered awful things. Let me interrupt you real quick, Jay. And you follow football than, better than I do. Who is that guy who recently within the last maybe three to five years who retired super early and just said, Hey, listen, I'm just going to retire. Cause I don't want my brain to get fucked up. Uh, it was actually, he was a linebacker for the 49ers. Okay. Um, What's his name? There was two of them. There was two of them. The one, uh, the 
more well-known one was Patrick Willis. And if I'm honest, I cannot think of the other guy's name. Okay. But that was his exact wording was that he didn't want um, – he was he was scared by the brain trauma. Yeah. But you just had Luke Keekley of the, uh, the Carolina Panthers retire. That's true. Uh, because he had, had too many, he had too many concussions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're starting – And to... not because – Go ahead, Jay. Not because, like, and people told him he could no longer play. Uh, because it got to a point where he didn't feel comfortable with the amount of injuries he was dealing with. He he, mm-hmm. he loves football, but he said it's not worth what his future life could be like. Yeah, a lot of times you have to make that assessment. You have to say, hey, listen, is the is the juice worth the squeeze at this point? You know what I mean? And um, I think yeah. he made the right decision. Uh, and you're starting to see a lot of these organizations now with a higher form of concussion protocol. Uh, you know, the NFL has this, you know, pretty decent concussion protocol now. Um, now you start to even see the WWE, the wrestling uh, organization, uh, use this concussion protocol. I mean, uh, with Daniel Bryan, I'm not sure if you follow it at all, Jay, but uh, a guy, uh, you know, he suffered a lot of concussions throughout his career. I think he said to the tune of 10 to 20 concussions throughout his career, uh, you know, they basically told him, okay, that's it, no more, uh, no mas, you know what I mean? And he did a lot of stem cell right. uh, treatments and stuff like that and got his head back, you know, kind of straight. Uh, and, you know, they did a bunch of studies on his brain and, you know, a lot of the stuff was kind of reversed and stuff like that. So he was one of the lucky ones was able to reverse it. But again, you know, if you didn't catch it, you know what I mean? Back, imagine those guys who didn't never even did anything about it. You just kept on doing what you did. You just kept on playing football. You know what I mean? You just kept on going out there every fucking Sunday, you know, and grinding it out every Sunday, well, grinding it out. You know, you're, yeah. you know, you're wrestling, but I again, mean, you do know what you're getting yourself into. Yes, you do. You know, you're fucking right. up your body. You do right. know that. Right. Well, you and I talked about this the other night too. You know, if somebody came down, if Jesus came down tomorrow and told you, uh, will, I'm going to give you an opportunity to possibly be, uh, the greatest football player of all time and make generational money. But, it comes with the understanding that you're probably going to deal with a lot of physical pain later on in your life, and there's a distinct possibility that you're going to have brain damage. Yeah, and listen, you I and I both a agree. bunch of weed. That's okay. We would both say yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I just smoke a bunch of weed. I'll get through it. I'll be all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'll it'll be okay. <laughs> you know, it'll be fine. But yeah. I mean, the thing I think the thing about the whole CTE thing, and it, it's not just CTE, but CTE is the new hot hot button topic. Yeah, um, is how everybody jumps you know yeah what happened when you say i was tragic his brain was fucking soup and he shot himself in the chest that's, that's super tragic that has teeth if i'm honest i don't think the aaron hernandez one holds as much water but we jump to these conclusions and we forget that there's guys out there like steve young steve Troy, young finished Troy law school after football but you know what? I think Steve Young, he, uh, I think he caught it early. I think he was one of the lucky ones. You know what I mean? Where he kind of... I don't. It. You don't think so? I do. I really do. Do you the... remember? No. See this? Okay. Ha ha. I got you in a box now, motherfucker. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so, curious. Well, yeah. Here's the thing you got to remember about Steve Young. Right? We all think about his 49er years. Also, nobody thinks about Steve Young's last professional play. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what... Steve Young's last play was? Well, he gets sacked by somebody. Who was he playing for? I don't know who he's playing They're, for. Steve Young was a 49er. Okay. They were playing in Detroit. Uh-huh. So it was a safety blitz. Uh-huh. And now watching him watch this footage is touching. It's stirring. Because this guy drills him. And he is out cold. And he says he doesn't remember the hit. Damn. He remembers the starting of the play. He doesn't remember the hit. So he took damage. There was mental damage. It was a hit so big that it literally blanks out an entire piece of this man's life. Yeah. Okay. That's now, at scary. that point, That's scary. he could have gone on, but he didn't want to be with another team. What you forget about is the years he was with Tampa Bay before that, getting fucking annihilated. You forget... The years before that, where he was in, he was with the LA Express and the American Football League. Or it wasn't the American Football League. It was uh, something along those lines. The United Football League. Something United along, Football along those League. Lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Kelly also 
went there instead of the NFL at first. Right. So right. you forget about those years where there weren't as much. Again, he came out. Or we can, we can go back even farther. How about how about uh, Terry Bradshaw? Yeah. Yeah. Howie Long. Right. Howie Long was defensive lineman for one of the toughest teams of all time that led with the crowns of their motherfucking helmet. Yeah. Well, Terry Bradshaw that guy still got his from... faculties. Well, Terry now, Bradshaw I'm sure when they Parkinson's. cut his brain open, there's going to be calcification. There's going to be things from those contacts. What, what I think there needs to be a bigger focus on, and we don't, we don't. We jump right instantaneously in front of the line of tragedy because we can't stand to be sad. Nobody's talking about all the players that don't have that right. aren't showing anything. So we've jumped now into, uh, you know, nobody wants to tackle the crowd in the head. They're aiming at the knees, and people are getting their knees blown the fuck out. Mm-hmm. That, uh, there was a tight end of the Bears almost lost his life. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it goes, again, uh, it, we're talking about the early stages of all this, you know, um, research. You know, we're learning about this disease. You know, we're learning about how it can develop in, in, in certain people. Obviously, it's not the same for every person. We we can obviously determine that because if every, if it was the opposite of the case, then everybody would be doing the same thing, right? And that's not the case. Right. So, <clears throat> so we can already automatically say that, it you know, it affects people differently than most. So, you know, that's, again, it comes back to the original question. Should we since we start now having a better understanding of what this disease is, does that change your mindset of maybe, you know, peewee football? You think that's a good idea for kids to be playing peewee football? I mean, I, what do you, what's, I do. What's, what's your, what's your thought? I mean, I want to know. I, well, I do. I do. I have a 14 year old son and, or almost, he'll be 14 at the end of the next month. Awesome. Um, and he loves football. And he goes down and he plays Sandlot football just like we used to back in the day. Right. I think football, even peewee football, is important to those kids. There's a hand-eye coordination that goes along with it. There is um, a lot of body awareness, a lot of agility, a lot of strength. A lot of, a lot of good life skills can be learned from the game of football. And the most important is teamwork. It is the ultimate mm-hmm. team game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes basketball and even hockey uh so different you get one guy you can just score at will and you're on championship run and football oftentimes some of the best players randy moss never won a super bowl chris carter never won a super bowl dan marino never won a super bowl Barry i mean it's the ultimate team sport so i do think the peewee football is still super important but what i think is i think there does need to be a more proper tackling technique taught I'm okay with there not being any for the crown of the head. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like any sport, when I started wrestling in high school, I knew there was a chance I could get hurt. People have to understand you're signing up your child. There's a possibility they're going to get hurt. That's correct. Sometimes very badly hurt. Mm-hmm. And we have, we have to weigh, we have to weigh the pros versus the cons. If my son came to me the other day, to, uh, tomorrow, and said, Dad, I want to go play football, I would sign him up. Mm-hmm. And I would sign him up because the enjoyment he'll get out of it, the chances, I'll take that risk. It's, and I know it's hard to say if somebody's got a kid who's been a quadriplegic or, you know, has been hit in such a way that they last, that those pains last forever. I got news for you. That's what sports do. I, I have a lot of pain from wrestling. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every minute of it, and I wouldn't change a motherfucking thing. Yeah, I get it. But I, I we totally need get to it. Protect our children, but not overprotect our children. Yeah, I can see that. I I, I see that aspect of it too. I, I mean, again, uh, we go back to the original, um, you know, uh, quote of this whole thing is, you know, it's a uh, something we're learning about. It's so new. It's so brand new. Uh, it's at the early stages of everything, and you know we're just starting to kind of peel back the onion when it comes to all this CTE stuff. So it's really interesting. I mean, again, we you know we talk about uh, you know Chris Benoit. We talk about, of course, again uh, another person who is uh, very famously uh, connected to the CTE issue is Aaron Hernandez, and I'm sure Jay, you've pretty much followed that whole story. Um, 
you being a non uh, New England Patriot fan, I'm sure you were probably just like following that story. I mean, uh, it's such a horrible and tragic story, unfortunately. Uh, but again, uh, people misunderstand me. Uh huh. I, I have nothing against the Patriots. <laughs> uh, I just hate how people blow them out of proportion. I get it. Bill Belichick is possibly the greatest coach of all time. He's certainly in the in the conversation, certainly amongst the arguable. Absolutely. And Tom Brady is fantastic. I do think they share some advantages mm-hmm. that often get forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, uh, again, um, you know, we talk about Aaron Hernandez. Uh, everybody has followed that case uh, pretty much. Uh, within the last two to three years. And uh, everybody knows how that person, uh, you know, he famously fell out of grace, um, you know, pretty quickly uh, with a homicide of his friend Odin Lloyd. And then, uh, of course, he was uh, not guilty of a supposed double uh, homicide, uh, which uh, the person that he was actually with in the car testified that he actually did it. So... It's one of those things, you know, uh, he got away with it, but, uh, you know, supposedly killed two other guys that were sitting in the car next to him as well. Um, again, uh, if you've watched the Netflix special, which I highly recommend, uh, regarding Aaron Hernandez, uh, they do touch on the CT subject. Uh, it, you know, if you looked at any of these, uh, uh, interviews that Aaron did, he did seem a little slow to me. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with his intelligence level, or what, uh, maybe he just had a lazy tongue. Maybe you want to say this or say that. Um, again, maybe well, the CTE had something to do with it. I they, don't know. But he they did. Do talk, uh-huh. They do talk about his CTE. They, they say that, you know, there was, there was definite brain damage. But, again, I think the CTE, the CTE angle overlays. It, it overshadows probable and and most likely uh, portion of it is that Aaron Hernandez came up in a very bad neighborhood. He had to prove that he was a tough guy. He had homosexual tendencies. He had to hide them. So that meant he had to be the toughest guy around. Uh, and he got into a, life, a certain lifestyle of proving that. I mean, really, he had no need to, to murder Otis Lloyd aside from... Vanity. Yeah, vanity and just craziness at the same time. But, uh, yeah, again, um, we talk about Aaron Hernandez and, you know, the again, he played football all his life. All of his life. He was just used to play football. That was his thing. Um, did that have anything to do with it? Did the constant um, trauma to the head have a lot to do with it? I'm sure his upbringing had a lot to do with it. The environment had a lot to do with it as well. Uh, as you alluded to, Jay, uh, you know, those those are all factors that we have to take into account, of course, when we're talking about this certain, you know, certain individual. But um, I think, um, you know, this pretty much uh, puts a pretty good wrap up on CTE, Jay. I mean, you know, we talked about a couple different people, uh, CTE, you know, how it's changed the game now. It's been a, a pretty much, a, a ment- uh, you know, a center focus in, in NFL uh, as well as other, you know, organizations like the WWE as well. Uh, you know, the concussion protocols have changed dramatically. And, uh, you know, when somebody gets knocked out, it's, you know, they're not back to work, you know, the next week, you know, they give them some time off and let their brain heal, which I think is all good things. You know what I mean? I think that the more, uh, the more knowledge and education that we get, out of the research of CTE is what is going to be the, the, uh, the most important thing out of this whole thing. Uh, so I think the more, you know, research and research they do on people that uh you know have played the game whether it be football or wrestling or whatever the case may be um they're able to pinpoint um you know the cause of all this stuff so what do you say Dave? uh yeah i mean i i think a lot a lot more research needs to be done um i think we do need to try our best to protect against uh certain portions from it um Although I don't think we're going to be able to cut it out completely out of sports. So to some point, you just have to kind of accept it and accept that what you're doing is inherently dangerous. But, yes, there needs to be more learned about it. So whatever can be prevented can be prevented. But we need to not just jump to the biggest portion of the zeitgeist. Let's take take a deep breath. Let the guys play. Let's find ways to help those who play and get hurt. And let's figure out 
where exactly the CTE comes from and right. then deal with it. Yeah, it's a, a polarizing subject. And uh, again, uh, Jay, thank you. I appreciate uh, you coming on this week and talking to me about this subject. It's, uh, again, a very interesting and um, polarizing subject. A lot of people talking about it, of course. Uh, of course, this time of year with the NFL and the Super Bowl. Uh, but I do appreciate you jumping on. Uh, which brings us to our last segment, of course, uh, for tonight, Jay, which is what to watch. Uh, so, Jay, what do you have for this week for what to watch? Well, what to watch is going to be three different episodes of the same series. Okay. Uh, and it kind of goes in line with what our topic was tonight. Not so much the CTE, but the NFL uh, and those who have survived it uh, and their stories. And there's three that stand out to me. I mean, there's a lot of great ones on there. There's one from Marshall Falk and, uh, <clears throat> you know, Kenny Stabler and Vince Lombardi. There's great ones. But the three to me that I watched that every time I watch them, they, you can see their positive vibe, their, their important messages, what's beyond the actual football itself. It's called uh, A Football Life. Uh, the three episodes I think that everybody should check out are A Football Life of Steve Young, which is all about somebody who is a forever number two, and learning how to be the best number two he can be and not complain about it and realize that's his spot. Uh, Bill Parcells, who was a coach of the New York Jets, mm-hmm. and it actually starts off with a poem called The Man in the Glass. Uh, and it, his whole thing is the person you have to try hardest to impress is the person you see in the mirror. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. If you don't feel like you've done a good job in a day, mm-hmm. then it's going to suck. Right. And the last one is Bill Walsh. Mm. Uh, Bill Walsh, the coach of the 49ers, who got them to three Super Bowls and ultimately – the fourth Super Bowl was his team. Um, <clears throat> Bill Walsh was riddled with self-doubt, spent a great many years thinking that uh, he was a failure and that he had lost his only opportunity, uh, only to learn that in life you have multiple opportunities uh, and sometimes thinking out the box is how you find the best success. Mm, interesting, interesting. That's awesome, man. So listen, uh, we're gonna check those out, man. I'm, I'm, I think I've seen the, the Steve Young one. I think I've seen that one a couple of times already, if I'm not mistaken. It's one of those uh, documentaries. Yeah, that's. That I think it sticks with you. And that's I think my favorite that, one. Yeah, that's my favorite one. I think I've seen that one, and I think I've seen the first five minutes of the Bill Walsh one. I haven't seen all of it yet, but I'm gonna go back and check that out. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, so, you, you should. There's, there's some really interesting stuff on what Bill Walsh was willing to do mm-hmm. to accomplish that and just how, uh, how driven he was, but how, he, I mean, he was such, such an out of the box thinker. I yeah. mean, I love it. That's awesome. I'm biased. Uh, of course you're biased, but listen, thanks uh, Jay uh, for uh, this week for what to watch. And of course that brings us to the outro. And uh, again, I just want to remind everybody about the social media. You can follow us on dark fringe radio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Very simple. And uh, make sure you follow, like, and share all our stuff. And uh, how to listen to the podcast, just go to our website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, you're able to go right there, check out uh, any of the uh, streaming services that we uh, are on, which is all the major streaming services so that uh, you normally listen to all your music and podcasts on. So make sure you go ahead and do that. And when you do that, make sure you give a five-star rating and uh, comment for us uh, when you do so. So, um, again, uh, if you want to send any correspondence to us uh, at The Dark Fringe, uh, of course, it's thedarkfringe at gmail.com, thedarkfringe at gmail.com. If you have anything for the mailbag or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can send that to us directly right there. So, um, again, uh, that's it for uh, this week at Dark Fringe Radio. Do you have anything else for the outro, Jay? Uh, that's it. Just uh, if you like football, enjoy football, and don't feel guilty about it, no matter what anybody else says, whether it's uh, CCE, kneeling, or unpaid amateur players. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, thanks again, Jay, for this week for uh, Dark Fringe Radio. I am, again, your host, Will Martinez, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.